0: This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil and Pastor Gus from Warroad Community Church once again. Hey, Gus, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Very good. How are you today?
0: Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, you're
1: great, and I'm just good. Oh, so, you got a one up,
0: me. I huh? got to one up you.
1: You're fantastic. <laughs> it's the most amazing day of my entire life. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Love it, love it. And we're almost to Thanksgiving. That's a that's a good one, and actually, we won't be able to connect next week. That's uh, the Wednesday is right before Thanksgiving, and I know I am not going to be here. But uh, what a neat thing that we have that on the calendar, huh, Gus? To set aside a a day of giving thanks.
1: Love it. Yeah, we do thanksmas. I'm actually going to be down in Bemidji then because my folks live <laughs> down there, <laughs> yeah, of course, and my sister and her husband, and so yeah.
0: On, on Thanksgiving Day, right?
1: Thanksgiving Day, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of churches or even communities that will do like a community Thanksgiving service, and that's awesome. Uh, that's one thing the Bible's pretty clear about, be thankful. Those two words appear quite a bit, don't they?
1: Very, uh, uh, very. Uh, tons, yeah, tons <laughs> that's in the scripture. But it's hard for us to do that because we keep focusing on other things that yeah. the enemy dangles in front of us, and then we kind of forget about how awesome yeah.
0: life can be. Well, and that's kind of where we want to go today because there's this interesting thing that happened in the last couple of days, this uh, famous women's soccer star for the U.S. national team, and uh, I've honestly never cared for her. She is kind of a radical uh, LGBTQ activist, and she's uh, an atheist on top of all of that. Kind of makes sense, I suppose. And it was her last day. She's retiring. She's obviously very athletic and talented that way. But her last game on the national soccer team, and she tore her Achilles. And uh, she said, well, uh, basically this proves that there is no God. You know, why, why else would this happen? And bad things do happen, don't they, Pastor Gus?
1: Yeah, they certainly do, but what a weird response. It could prove that there is a God, because he gave you a great career that whole time, and (laughs) he waited till the last game where you didn't really even need your Achilles much. (laughs) I don't know, it's just a different way to look at it, but Hmm. you're certainly right that there is suffering. I mean, I think sometimes we, especially American Christians, forget the fact that Jesus suffered. I mean, there really is uh, a suffering component to our uh, salvation. In fact, even in the Hebrews, it talks about that the author of their salvation was made perfect through suffering.
0: Yes, talking yes. about
1: Jesus. And there's a whole lot of theology in there that I'm sure we don't want to get into. But there is something about suffering that causes good, um, oh. if you have the right perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you don't have Christ as your foundation. I was just reading a little more on, a, on another article on this exact same subject today. Uh, Pastor R.C. Sproul uh, preached a sermon about suffering, and he was saying somehow we assume that God owes it to us to give us a life free from suffering. Well, that's gonna, not going to happen. Unfortunately, some people do suffer a lot more than others. But again, if you don't have God as your foundation, uh, you know, basically unbelieving or uh, hedonism, It tells you that it's just so awful and that you need to then counter that with things that make you uh, feel good, and often that's things like alcohol and drugs and sex and other types of uh, uh, self-indulgence, and then it just gets worse, Gus, you know? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: You know, we seem to forget as Christians, like even in James, it It says, consider it pure joy. (laughs) <laughs> whenever you face trials of yeah. many kinds. Yes, wow. Like, what, consider it pure joy? Like, uh, Lord, you really want me to consider it pure joy? Like, my spouse just passed away. Yeah. Lord, am I really supposed to consider it pure joy? Now, clearly there's time for grief, but consider it pure joy when you face many trials is specific in being unsus- unspecific. It's, it's all the time, every time. Because we know that the testing of that faith produces perseverance. And I'm reading here, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. It, it's You could argue theologically, and I think most everybody would agree, that if you don't go through some suffering, you will always be immature and incomplete.
0: Yes, yes, I agree with that 100%. And uh, there's one thing here, too. It says uh, part of our worldview is determined by whether we see God... As part of our story or we see ourselves as part of God's story. And of course, you know, if you're not a believer, it's always about self. And if your self is constantly miserable and you can't see any way out of it, again, you turn to bad things. Or nowadays, Gus, we're seeing this rise in suicide. You know, well, there's just no way out of it. So, I'm going to take my life. And the last couple of days, John Stone Street's been talking about this rise of assisted suicide in Canada. That egregious program up there, you know, uh, aid in death—they call it—and uh, it's it's horrific. But that's our culture is just so messed up when it comes to suffering, and we've got to, you know, get to the Scripture to what God says about it, and. And it does benefit us, but it's no fun when we're going through it.
1: No, it isn't. But when we do go to the Scripture and we really allow it to change our perspective, then our perspective changes, right? I mean, when, when your perspective changes when you're going through something because you realize you're an eternal being, that you are going to be alive forever, for the rest of forever and ever and ever, with God, somehow that should have an effect on your temporary Right? It it should have an effect here when you realize that you're an eternal being. And if it doesn't, then it's just an opportunity for repentance. Like, Lord, I'm sorry. I-, I should count it all joy. I should consider it pure joy, you know. But I don't feel like it right now. Just help me, you know, consider it pure joy. And he's going to do that. He's just—he's yeah. going to help you, but it, it doesn't require him just showing up in your life and just flipping a switch. You actually have to implement the scripture that he's given you to implement. Yeah.
0: Surround yourself with people that will remind you of that as well, because it's hard to do it in isolation as well. And you think about Job, that <laughs> that's such an incredible, there's a reason that's in the Bible. It is so interesting. We don't even exactly know when that happened, but... And of Job, the incredible suffering that he was involved with, and the only answer Job really got to all of that in the final analysis was God says, you have to trust me, you know? We have to trust God, and it, you know, for me at the moment, I'm not necessarily suffering with anything personally, so it's easy for me to say that, but you know, but yet yeah, we do need to say it. We, we all need to say it and remind each other. There's a lot of people listening to us right now, Gus, that would say they are suffering uh, for whatever reason. They've lost somebody or they're struggling. You know, we have this Better to Give program we do every year at this time. And right now we have a lot of our listeners nominating families that are suffering, that are struggling, and they're pouring in. You know, we've had in four or five days, we've had like 35 nominations from families in our area, so there we know there is a lot of hurt and struggle out there, and and we want to help. Uh, that is something we should do as well. That's another aspect to it, Gus. When we know of someone that is struggling, and we're not, maybe God is asking us to uh, reach out and help. You know,
1: absolutely. And and you know, there's a scripture verse again that really exemplifies what it is we're talking about, and it's Romans eight twenty eight. We know that in all things, not most things, not, you know, almost all things, but in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. If you love God, which means obey Him, if you're, you know, predominantly obedient and, uh, you know, if you are obedient to Him, then whatever happens in your life that is underneath the sovereignty of God, which is everything that happens in your life, is underneath that sovereignty. It's going to work for the good. Uh, and it's hard to, you know, have that mentality when you're going through something bad, but if you can have that at least a little bit, it does minimize the, the despair at the very least, and even some of the suffering, because we can look forward to, you know, the good. But yeah. that's if you got faith. Some people they just they struggle so much that they don't activate their faith and they're not really applying the scripture. They just want God to make it all better and He's he will make it better by giving us His word, but we have to implement it. Yeah. So for anybody that is out there even right now thinking, Man, my life is terrible, if you can somehow put your hope in God and really understand the eternality of your spirit, then it does make a difference.
0: Oh, absolutely. Your outlook will change. And you mentioned the word hope, and I want to share something with you. We need hope, and hope makes a huge difference in our outlook. I, I heard this just this past weekend. Uh, it was an incredible analogy. I'd never heard this before. And this is a true story that in the 1950s, there was research that was being done uh, trying to gauge the difference that hope makes. And it had to do with rats. So this was kind of interesting. Uh, it was at a, you know, obviously a setting, a research setting. And uh, this uh, scientist put rats in a tank of water. They couldn't touch the bottom. And he timed to see how long they would give up and drown. Okay? Sounds cruel, but, hey, it was in the lab, and it was in the 50s. So uh, the average time for a number of rats to give up was 16 minutes, okay? They would swim, try to tread water, whatever, for 16 minutes. And that was the average, um, and he did it to quite a number of rats. Well, then uh, he had some rats in there, and he, at about 15 minutes, he drained the water and gave them food to eat. Okay? And then he put the water back in again. But those rats had experienced hope. They had experienced, well, okay, if I just hang on, maybe the water will drain and I'll get some food. You know how long those rats treaded water, Gus? Remember, the average oh, was 16 longer. minutes. Three days. Shut up. <laughs> three days. Wow, because they had been given a dose of hope. And uh, man, that was impactful when I heard that. Uh, we need hope, and God is hope. Gus, God Amen. is hope.
1: Faith, right? Faith yes. is being sure of what we hope for. right? Amen. and And we hope for salvation. We hope for eternity with christ. and and I'm sure of it. Yeah. I, I am sure of it. And there has been too many things that have happened in my life just like those rats where god has rescued me from yes. and i'm just sure and you know i'm i'm hopeful That's and i right. i hope others can be hopeful as well i i had a guy in college tell me one time he said i just i wish you would just trust me and believe that you know god has got a plan for you and i thought to myself you know what i don't believe he does but i am going to trust my friend and, and so that's what I'm saying. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Trust me. God has a plan, and he will rescue. Hmm. Even in death, he rescues, right? So that's what...
0: hundred percent. It's,
1: it's, it's yeah. fantastic that, you know, death is not the final nail in the coffin for us. I mean, it's... Our bodies yeah. are going to die. Big deal. But our spirits live forever. I'm looking forward to that day. I really am. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not there is because God has more work for me to do. And that's what I want to do.
0: Exactly, it's not about you. It's about his story and what well, and our part in his story. And he's got a lot of work for you to do, me as well, and those of you listening. And if you are in the middle of suffering and as you gain faith and hope, guess what? You're likely to come out of that suffering too. I do think it will help you feel better. It will help you motivate you maybe to get that other job or that better job or whatever it is that you might be needing. I don't know. You know, I just think Hope also helps us to uh, to have things go better, don't you think, Gus?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my favorite all-time scripture verse is Acts twenty twenty four. I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race, complete the test, although Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. If we can really live our lives uh, really connecting with them, being nothing, worth nothing to me, everything that I do is I want to do to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, then it always keeps me hopeful. But when, as soon as I start focusing on my life, focusing yeah. on this going bad, that going bad, this going bad, that elevates my life into being something more than nothing, and then I lose hope.
0: Yeah. Yep, it goes the other way. That is an excellent word, and we're going to wrap it up right there Always good, Gus, and uh, yes, we have much to be thankful for. We hope this message that uh, you just heard was a blessing to you uh, as well. So thank you, Gus. God bless you, and enjoy uh, Thanksgiving. We'll connect after that, okay?
1: I hope I have a great Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, amen. <laughs> You will, you will. All right. God bless you. And this is Your Life, God's Truth, your QFM.